Good morning or afternoon when, whenever you're listening to our podcast. Uh, welcome back to Already His Workmanship. I have Logan and Dell with me again today. Uh, Logan, would you go ahead and open us up in prayer today? Absolutely. Lord, we just, um, we just thank you again for this opportunity to come together and encourage each other and, and hopefully through sharing our journeys, encourage other people. Lord, we just... Uh, just dedicate this time to you and to your workmanship in our life and uh, pray that we would be edifying and encouraging to those who listen. Amen. Amen. All right. As always, we're going to start off our episode with uh, the questions from last week. Uh, the first one is what has God done for you? Um, I'll just share a quick story uh last year i was like called to move back to uh delaware well not back to i've never lived here before but to move to delaware um uh, to be engaged with my family uh my in-laws uh and to support them and i heard god telling me i have a job for you there um i prepped some trying to figure out like oh hey what am i going to do decided to like retool my career into some cybersecurity stuff uh, the day I moved in, I found a neighbor to help me move in and I was talking to him about that. He said, well, oh, you can do that or you can come help me develop my company. And that's what I ended up doing. Right. So this miraculous thing where the first day I got here, God just provided me a job that was completely amazingly, deeply satisfying for my soul and an answer to a prayer that I don't know, Logan probably been praying for four years for me on. So um, that's the biggest one that God's done to me for me, like recently, but it's like too many to count. So uh, what about you, Logan? Oh, man. Again, many, many stories, uh, many times of God being faithful. Um, most recently, um, last last Sunday, my, my buddy Tyler, who's the pastor of the church that I'm, well, that we co-lead, um, he he spoke on uh we're going through joshua and he spoke on when they crossed the jordan and they built these stones of remembrance and you know these times where you where they they built these stones to remember the incredible things in their life and uh the biggest thing for me recently i was just you know going through covid um my my friend tyler and i were we're doing our absolute level best to lead this small little church plant that, you know, got planted a couple of years pre previously um, and do it faithfully and without, you know, everyone dispersing and the whole thing folding. And, you know, it was probably, we were probably getting to the breaking point for the people, like just to the point where it's like something had to, had to go. We were, we were like a nomadic church and then we were meeting in the evenings in another church and uh, we were desperately looking for a building, but there were all kinds of permits in the way, just all kinds of red tape. And, you know, he just long, long story short, he, he cut through all of the, all of the red tape and just, you know, a, a conversation with Tyler from somebody else that he was having a conversation with. And he's like, oh, hey, have you looked at this building over here? And, you know, we went into it, went to go look at it. It was perfect, already set up for a church. But the zoning had been changed, but 
right in the nick of time, like everything miraculously, we got an ex- exception that nobody's had before um, that we shouldn't have had in order to move in. And it was a huge, huge blessing for everybody in the church. So that's the, that's the biggest one for me recently that I am, you know, building that stones of remembrance so that I remember every year, like I remember the Lord did this for me on this day for us on this day. And how about you, Dell? Um, I think it, it it goes back to, you know, who's been placed in my life. And what I look back is, you know, why, why at certain points in my life did I decide to listen, right? Um, in addition to me turning down a job, Todd, and, and you taking it, moving to California and us meeting, even, um, you know, there's two things that uh, I had two people that I had reached out to and they actually became severely sick. You know, I don't want to get into medical records, but um, I was meeting with them and both of them were diagnosed with um, a form of cancer and they're both doing well right now. So what's interesting to me is I sit back and when I talk to them, I, I just wonder if, if, they got better so they could help me. Right. And I don't know what that case, but I just know that there are no coincidences. Right. So um, both of them are doing well and I'm super grateful for them. And I talk to them, but if I just look at what God has done for me, it's really placing the people in my life to wake me up. Right. And so when I look at those types of things. It just, that's why I always talk about the undeniable forces, right? So we get Todd moving in, we get two guys who were very sick, um, get better. And I still talk to them. Um, and, uh, so those are just two of the things that when I sit back and go, why am I doing this? What, you know, why don't I just go back to my other ways or I just, know that I'm surrounded by angels. So, um, yeah, so those are some of the undeniable forces that have been placed into my life. That's awesome. Thanks, Del. Um, okay. What's keeping you from turning everything over to him, to God, as you understand him? Um, who wants to start off first with that one? Uh, my, my humanity, my, my sin nature, um, the, the inevitable, uh, battle that every single one of us have being raised in a culture that is entirely humanistic and lifts up the, lifts us up as, as the deity and, uh, teaches us that there's, you know, each one of us is independent, needs to be self-sufficient and, um, you know, bow to no one. So there's, there's, (laughs) that's a, that's a big question. There's a lot of forces at work there. Um, but I think from a personal standpoint, I think the uh, the insecurity of of the the insecurity of of relying on somebody else for something that you find that's very important. I I um I think back to um, just a couple of months ago. I was uh, I went with a friend of mine, Jason, and he has quads and they're super fun you know we were going to go out and we took the family out and we were driving around in these quads 
And, um, you know, I'm driving around and my son, Jaden is, th- is 13. And so, you know, these quads, you know, have their like two seaters. So, you know, I, I jump on and I mean, I'm having a great time. He's on the back and, you know, we're just going around, I'm going over Hills and everything like that. It's super, super fun. And then he, he I said, Hey, do you want to drive? He's like, okay. And he's a very responsible young man. So he gets in the driver's seat and I'm behind him. And then he starts driving. And I, it was the most terrifying thing I think I've ever done in my life. I, I was like, it, it, I could, I was like, dude, be cool, be chill, be a cool dad. Right. And he's like doing stuff. And I'm like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. You know, I'm like <laughs> way, way slower, way safer than when I was. And it's just, it illustrated to me the difference between when you're in control and when you're not in control and how different the experience is. And, you know, I was like, at a certain point, I was like, no, 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 dude. Okay. I, I got to drive, you know, we we're in like a little hairy spot or whatever that I had gone through. And he had was just, you know, chilling, having a great time. And I, I could not access the level of chill that he was exhibiting before that. And it, it's just, that's to me, an illustration for me that, you know, we just, when something's really, you know, important, we want to be in control. And it's just so, it runs counter to, you know, what we ought to do, which is when something is really important is release control to somebody who's a lot more capable than we are. Um, but it illustrated to me that I actually have control issues. You know, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm chill. But I, I reach in and grab the wheel so, so often just naturally because, you know, at some level, I'm convinced that I'm the best person to be in control. And I think the results would speak otherwise, but I still battle that. Yeah. Pride. What about you, Dell? Yeah. I mean, it, I think I'm giving up and I'm turning over a lot. Right. Um, but when I say like, why not everything? A lot has to do with just fear and ego, right? Um, the fear of being wrong. I, I, I just thought I was so right in my other ways with my science and my Darwinism. And, and um, I thought I had it all figured out. And I didn't realize that I had a just a spiritual emptiness. And what do you do when something's empty? You fill it. And you know, I was filling my spiritual emptiness with the wrong things. So um, I also, you know, what also, in addition to fear, it, it's the overall seeking of approval. I mean, it's, it's really weird in situations when I do reignite with friends and, and things, and I talk about what I'm doing and what, how I'm conducting my life and, and um, came up the other day where um, we were on a text thread and someone's like, yeah, whatever, born again. And, and that kind of struck me bad because it's once again, I just look at that term as a label and what we do in our society is we just take these labels, label someone so we can discard them. And so I just looked at that as being stigmatized and, and, you know, it's like, you can label me however you want. And that's probably the appropriate way to discard my thoughts and the way that I'm now conducting my life. But guess what? It doesn't matter to me because I'm just going to wake up and I'm going to do what I need to do. So I think it's just that fear and seeking approval, like what changed. And there's people that are curious that want to live more like that I'm living. And then there's people that maybe 
I, I don't want to say jealous because I'm incredibly flawed and there's nothing to be jealous of me for, but they, they see it. And so, um, you know, just that label and discard. So it's just that seeking of approval of how are people going to react to the new way that I'm living? And also the fear of, you know, I was wrong before I admit I'm wrong. I've been wrong so many times in my life. How do I know I'm not wrong again? And that's where I just look and say, there are no coincidences. What is observably, observably, what is observable and repeatable in my life? And once I stick to what's observable and repeatable, um, then I know I'm on the right path. Cool. Thanks, Dell. Uh, for me, I just suffer from what my, one of my old friends in recovery used to call the I can do it. Uh, and he's like described his two-year-old granddaughter saying, I can do it. <laughs> and uh, so I, I suffer from that. I think she's probably in her 20 year, 20s now because I think he told me that story like 16 years ago. Uh, but yeah. That, that that's where I suffer from is the, I can do it. Uh, I'm like, I can do it all on my own. So, um, yeah. So something really interesting that you were talking about there, Dell, that this will kind of lead into everything. There's like one of them was the labels and one of them was just kind of, you're kind of summarized, just being kind of focused in a direction you want to go in. Right. Mm. And, um, like today's episode is kind of like that concept of coming to belief. And the, the third step actually says, uh, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. I think the most important part of that statement is that as we understood him, right? Because all of us have a really, really, really incomplete picture of God. And we all understand him very differently because we're so finite and he's so infinite but being pointed towards him and trying to follow after him and find the truth i think that's the most important part of this entire journey right and that's what i'm interested in i know there's like boundaries of faith where we can talk about like coming to faith and crossing that boundary but to me that's not nearly as important as following after god and for me, that's really just attained by being in a community. So I have a couple of scripture verses and then we can kind of discuss around that. So the scripture verses I have this week are Romans 1, 11 through 12. I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is to make you that you and may you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Sorry for stumbling on that one. Um that was the NIV. Uh, and then out of the Message Bible, it's the rescue. All praise to God and the Father, our Master, Jesus the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. We have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah, but no more so than the good times of his healing comfort. We get a full measure of that too. That's second Corinthians three through five out of the message. So um, for me, being able to be um, following after God only happens in community. Being able to heal only happens in community. And what I wanted to encourage everybody listening to do is 
if you're working on these things, if you're answering the questions week to week, like we are, find a friend, uh, you know, ask them to listen to the podcast with you, go out to lunch, go out to coffee, just answer the two questions and talk about kind of what we talked about. So you can kind of wrestle with some of the things we're, we're talking about and, and work on that, uh, you know, gaining the power and the access to the power to be able to do the rest of the stuff. So um, a lot of the concepts we'll talk about over the coming weeks, you know, we're almost a quarter of the way through kind of the spiritual foundation. Uh, there'll be a setting for the podcast, you know, the next 12, a lot of pretty hard things to do. So uh, having access to power to do that and people to do it with is absolutely critical. Um, so I'd love to hear, uh, Logan and Dell's thoughts around it. And then I'll, I'll share what a community brought for me and, you know, helping me point towards God too. So, um, Dell, do you want to kind of start off just like how yeah. being in the community of recovery and just kind of that, that, that journey for you, I, I'd like to hear yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, the community that, you know, I was a part of when I initially, um, started and seeing the value was, um, AA and, and, and in recovery. And I had never been able to just, you know, being in sales and, you know, living where I lived and things, it, it was the very first time that I was able to walk in a room and just be my incredibly flawed self. And there was no judgment. You could go into a room and no matter what you said, someone's done something dumber or worse. Right. And um, it was that comfort that I thought that I, you know, I can express these problems. I can, you know, talk about my imperfect imperfections and my mistakes and I didn't have to have or uphold any type of image. No one cared where I worked or how much money I made or anything to do with my houses. And it was just that feeling that I got. And then once you're able to start talking about your issues or listening to someone else who's incredibly flawed, sharing their you know deepest mistakes or stories, you just get that feeling of community that, you know what, this is, this is where I want to be. And this is very, very helpful. Was it hard? It was incredibly hard. Right. Todd. I mean, we, we remember the, the excuses that I would, you know, make up to not go at first. And then, you know, I started going, attending and doing my thing on the self, but if it wasn't for that community to be those people, I mean, I'm still getting, text messages right now from people I used to have coffee with recommending books and, and things like that to help me on my journey. So if it wasn't for that, for leading on other people and expressing my flaws, I, you know, I'm not sure I would be in the good place that I am right now. What about you, Logan? Well, I mean, the, uh, I just, I just feel like, from a, from a spiritual standpoint, you know, all, all of the development, any of the maturity that I've found from a spiritual standpoint has, has been related to participating in, in community. Um, you know, the times that I've spent, you know, um, you know, I, I grew up in, in the faith 
And so, you know, there's this, there's this push or this, you know, to be like the best theologian, you know, to understand the most, to be able to quote the most scripture, to be able to, you know, handle the, the most complex concepts of, you know, of faith and, you know, all the time that I spent pursuing knowledge or pursuing, you know, without being rooted in community and having some sort of output for that knowledge, some sort of practical application, there was basically just puffed up and, you know, puffs you up, makes you proud or gets you to a place where you're really isolated and you can only have conversation. I remember doing these, like, you know, when, when I first started going, uh, you know, tackling things like, you know, Armenianism and, and, uh, and uh, Calvinism and all these different things and having, wanting to have, and wanting to, and seeking out these conversations about the nature of faith and predestination and all these different things. And it was actually one of the most, from a spiritual standpoint, it was one of the most isolating times in my life because I was seeking out these other people who were spending all their time reading books and whatever. And there was no practical application for my faith at that perspective. I wasn't connected anybody. I wasn't helping anybody walk through something. And I felt really great about myself because I was, you know, turning into this incredible theologian. And in, in reality, I was basically completely ineffective for, for, you know, in people's lives or in, in reality. And then you kind of index back the other way. And, you know, I've been spending the majority of my free time outside of work and, you know, and family for the last, you know, four or five years helping to lead a church. And, you know, it's actually really difficult to get that time. You know, you, I'm, I spend the majority of my time walking life out with people and, you know, trying to in, in even engage people and include people in parts of my life that, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to go to the store. Do you want to go with me and just walk around and, you know, these different things. And I tell you, I, I, I've spent less time being able to consume theological books and listen to great podcasts and sermons and all these different things than the, in the last couple of years than ever before. And I feel the closest to the Lord. Um, and the, so much more progress has been made in my life of becoming a mature believer and becoming a, a good husband and a good father, even though, you know, I, I'm probably more aware of my failings now than I've ever been. So it's hard for me to say that I'm a good husband and a good father. Um, but I also know that I'm doing, I've been through being connected to other people and then the, the inevitable needs that come up, you know, like when you're connected to other people, it's messy real quick, right? You're, you people, people ask like, Oh yeah. You know, like, how are you doing? And it's like at any moment I'm happy because somebody in my life, something good is happening to them. And at the same time, I'm sad because if you're connected to enough people, there's always somebody who something terrible is happening or somebody's suffering from something. And so it's an, it's a weird place because you're, when you're connected to people, you're always a little bit happy and a little bit sad at the same time. Um, but I don't, I don't know that I would, I wouldn't give that up because I feel like I've actually been able to have material like benefit into people's lives with my life. Um, I think back to all those, I was joking about it earlier, uh, those times of going to Moss Tacos and sitting down with you, Todd, across, you know, across a table and just hashing out life's difficulties. And that's community. Um, And we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be on this podcast. We wouldn't be having this conversation if 
I, that connection hadn't been made and grown and, and nurtured. Thank you both so much. Um, so I, I need to give a disclaimer here. If you're listening to this podcast on a speaker around children, you will want to stop and listen to this privately or on headphones or do something else because uh, I'm going to talk about a difficult subject of, of how my life has changed by somebody, but I'll give you a moment to stop. All right. So when I was first in recovery and I had relapsed about six months in, I kind of was kind of hopeless. Um, my friend Larry sat me down because I needed to hear some stuff from him. And um, it was within this community and this man sending me down that I actually finally gained hope that things could change for me and that God could do for me what he did for my friend Larry. And Larry sat me down and told me how he had gotten through his adult daughter being murdered and how he... um was able to work through over a long period of time, forgiving the person that had, um, that had, you know, taken his daughter away from him well before they even found a suspect because it took him years to find a suspect. And he told me a story about how, when he was about six months or a year into this process, his sponsor took him down to a, a grief share group, uh, for a bunch of, um, individuals whose children had died in a tragic bus accident when they were in kindergarten. And there was also about 25 years later, so they were all in their 50s. Um, and half the group looked like they were 75 or 80, and half the group looked like they were in their 50s. And he listened to him share, and then his the sponsor took him back out, and as they were driving home, his sponsor asked him, do you like notice the difference in the room and their ages? And he's like, yeah, like half the group was like 70, half of them looked 50. And he's like, well, they're all in their 50s. Um, the people who all looked in their 70s were all people who uh, never forgave the person who caused the accident and just destroyed their life. And he's like, that's where he got hope to start changing his stuff, right? And then he took out his journals from the time and he showed me the day where he, the only thing he wrote in his journey, his journal was the sun rose today. And that was the first time in 18 months that he'd seen the sun rise, rise, like rise. And this is a man at the time who was the most joyful man in the celebrate recovery rooms that I was at. Like by far, no, no doubt about it. The most joyful man. And just listening to him, that, that that's where I got hope, the hope that God would do for me what he did for my friend. And it was just the scantest, tiniest bit of hope. Like my actual belief at the time was I kind of sort of believed that God might do for me what he did for my friend. Like it was the tiniest bit of it. But over the intervening 16 years, it's grown into this massive, like, tree of faith that's, like, unshakable, right? That it's just this anchor that's just there. Um, and what I want to invite you guys to do is, like, 
you know what? <laughs> all, all you got to do is hope the tiniest little bit that the God of your understanding is going to do for you what he did for me. And that that's all it's going to take to completely transform your life. And I talked about promises last week, but that's, that's the big promise there. Right. And, um, that that's just for, for me, why it's this coming to faith thing, this placing our faith in a higher power that's going to help us through all of life. Um, you know what? It, it doesn't have to start with this big shebang. It just has to start with the tiniest seed of hope. And that that's all it's going to take to kind of infect your entire life. And, you know, I invite you to come along that journey with us as we, as we do this like hard work of, of things, right. And of getting into community or like eventually getting into a church and finding people you trust and opening up and calling people when you're miserable and all these things are really hard for us to do. Um, it just starts with a tiny bit of hope. Right. And, um, I, I just really want to encourage that to kind of move forward there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a misconception. There's a misconception that, that there's like a light bulb moment for most people. And then like everything kind of clicks into place and there are, you know, there, there are some people that that happens with, but for most of us, the, the process is, it's a, it's a slow methodical process of just taking small steps forward. And I think just, I just wanted to call out what you said there, Todd, because you said, get into a community, maybe eventually get into a church or whatever, like a community can be you and somebody else. It can be something very small. It can be, you know, for some, you know, for, I think I Dell early on, you know, a, a community was, um, you know, was, AA, but then we had this little coffee group at our church that met in the mornings, Wednesday mornings, and and just came together and people just talked about what was going on in their life. And it wasn't anything super, comp, you know, uh, you know, organized or anything like that. It was just people making the decision of I'm going to make the effort to spend time with other people rather than spending time by myself. And that is an incredibly difficult thing sometimes to take that first step to say, I'm going to get out of bed, I'm going to go and I'm going to spend time around other people. And, and then that, but that's the first step down this and who knows where you'll be in, in a couple of years, but, but that, the making that initial decision is sometimes all you can muster up is I'm going to get out of bed and I'm going to drive to the coffee shop or I'm going to, you know, whatever that looks like. And then that process begins, you know, there's that conversion to community oftentimes for most people before there's a conversion to Christ. Um, you know, you have to get to a place where you, there's a reality it's more than a mental ascent. It's a reality. And the, the reality is life with other people and how easy it is for us to just choose to live our life on our own, isolated into our own thing. But when people are, other people are making the decision to, to spend time with other people and live life with them and allow them to be connected with them, there's a really beauty to that because it's not something that we have to do. Um, and it's something that so many people, so few people choose to do that when people do it consistently and you show up and oftentimes you're going to show up, you have to show up three, not one time, but two, three, four, five times. And then you, you put that value in and you get astronomically more value out of it. So yeah. I encourage you to take that first step because the first step is difficult, 
but then you just repeat it, take that step, 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 and then you get some momentum and it'll change your entire life. Yeah. There'll be a richness to it that you'll see. I have to thank you, Logan, for rescuing me because I was just moments away from the ugly cry with the big sniffles. So uh, thank you for stepping in there because uh, I was pretty close. I was getting pretty emotional. So uh, I may have stepped on it on my own behalf to keep my emotions, yes. you know, who knows subconsciously what's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Todd, you, you, you hit a phrase there as we talk about community, the calling people when you're miserable. Um, and I remember when I was first able to do that, right? Putting my ego aside because you're we're we're taught, you know, we we see the movie Gladiator and we're we we're taught that bravery is, you know, being out there and fighting these people in the gladiator stadium or whatever it might be. And, you know, when I do get calls from people about their drinking or wanting to change their life. I explained to them that the, the the bravest thing that they've done today is making this call, right? And I realized that it is a form of bravery to call another man and admit that you're in a miserable state. You don't have it all figured out. And I just need to bounce some things off some other people. Um, I've made some of the best, some of the best, things I've done for myself was picking up the phone and reaching out and being talked off a ledge. And um, so that was just what really stuck, right? Just if you're miserable, you got to have that community and you got to be brave, pick up the phone and just say, and I just need somebody to talk to. Right. And it's yeah. really, really hard when, uh-huh. when a lot of those me. conversations probably weren't the most pleasant up your end. Cause I remember terrible. most of them. They were yeah. um all the reasons why you're wanting to do stuff is wrong because it's all your fault and you need to oh, own yeah. your stuff. <laughs> and you're like, what do you mean it's your fault? My like my fault that, that I list off what your faults are in the situation. You'd be like, ah! right. But um Yeah, like the uh I've had it unpacking my packs. Todd's like, no, unpack your bags right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad I unpacked those bags too. So yes, uh, I am very grateful too. So, um, and that's this like thing, right? Like, you know, I don't remember the name of the verse, and Logan should be able to remind me of the actual name of the verse. But the oh, no. you know that like God's spirit shows <laughs> up wherever two or more are gathered, mm-hmm. right? I don't know the verse, but I know that that's what happens, right? And that, um, especially when we're doing the acts to where we're sharing everything together, right? That, that changes everything. If you want to see a group of people that are empowered by God doing miracles and miracles happening in people's life, just get two or three people together and like share everything about your life and you'll see god get activated and do crazy crazy stuff right so um that's just well, what happens over and over again absolutely and i think uh people people talk about wanting to see miracles it's like oh i mean i want to see miracles and to me i've been connected with a lot of people through my life and honestly on the on the on the average people don't change you know the, the research is there from after you're about 25 years old 
people just don't, you know, they're pretty locked in. And so to me, actually, one of the most profound miracles that I'm confronted with on a consistent basis is seeing someone's life change, you know, seeing them make, go from making decisions that are, that are terrible and destructive for them themselves and the people around them to going to a place where they are making good decisions and they're, you know, becoming, going from being just a black hole where their family and everybody around them is shoveling effort into them to try to keep them on the, uh, alive to the point where they become a resource. Um, I, I tell you just, the, the, uh, just on Wednesday we had, um, we have weekly prayer at our church. And so, you know, it's just, it's very informal. We just come together once a, once a week and, um, and we just pray for, you know, needs in the body and, you know, things that are going on. And there's, there's a gentleman in, in, in this, in our church who in the process of the last probably two years, I think that he's probably, he's been coming, um, has just gone from a place where when I first met him, I could tell he was so broken and just, I don't know, like he had very little to give him to give anybody, his family, anybody around him. And he was just, he'd, he'd, he'd been just totally broken. And in the last two years, <laughs> now I'm going to have the messy cry. Um, he's gone to a place where now I see him <laughs> ministering and like encouraging other people and encouraging young people in our body and, you know, uh, connecting with, you know, teenagers and, and, and at a real authentic way and encouraging them and, and just being this guy that they can talk to. And, and it's like, that, <laughs> that doesn't happen that, that, does not happen without a miracle happening. And, and it's like, it's to me, it's the more profound miracle than even seeing somebody instantaneously healed, which I have in my life. And, and those things are like signpost things where you look back to and go, whoa, that's incredible. But to see that happen, and then now that person for the, for the remainder of their life is now a person that people can come to, that can help, that can encourage and to see that life turn around is like so much more of a miracle to me. And Todd used to always say, uh, you know, changed lives, change lives. And it's so true. And that to me, like, that's one of the beauties of being in, in a community is being able to see and participate in something like that happening. It's just, I don't know, there's, there's almost nothing like it. And it's why I love being friends with both you and Dell, right? Both you and Dell are changing and becoming better men all the time. And you inspire me all the time. Like all the time I talk to you guys, I get inspired to do, be a better man and to be a better father and to be uh, a better husband. And, you know, I am so grateful for that from you both. It's just so exceptional. We feel the same so, way. What about you? Um, well, I think it's probably a good place for us to shift into the questions for next week and everything. And the spirit of community, I will in the description notes today be including a uh, Discord channel for our uh, podcast. I'll create one and uh, have an invite there for you guys to come enjoy the Discord channel for all those who want to talk and discuss uh, especially the questions we have each week um i will police it pretty heavily it may not be immediate but if somebody is being attacking or 
if you feel the desire to argue points of scripture or those things that is not what the community is going to be for it's going to be for a place to share and learn and grow and that so um be a good adult uh love each other um say the truth and love and be really loving towards one another that will be the goal of that um and we welcome you to come on um and let's see here questions for next week are um <laughs> other really fun ones um so first one is what are the results of relying only on yourself and the second one is in your life how would you define sanity so um <laughs> Oh man, this yeah. is gonna be a good one next week. Yeah. <laughs> hey, come on, I, I have all the fun questions to ask that, oh, I... that that are they're always like just like eh. Uh and next week we'll continue this in community coming to belief and, and pointing towards God. Um I'm gonna ask Dell probably every week if he's comfortable praying us out. If he's not, that's fine, but you know. I think Dal gave me the the head shake. <laughs> like, go to the curveball, Todd. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I got there, right? <laughs> like, no, it's not the curveball. I want the fast <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll pray us out. And uh, thank you so much for everybody, uh, dear God. Thank you so much for bringing us together. Uh, I want to pray for anybody listening that um, their hearts are protected. Uh, that you heal them, that you bring them out of the darkness that they're in, that you establish um, peace in their heart, that you give them the peace that surpasses all understanding, and you bring in the life abundant that you promise uh, for them on this earth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.